Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. And them to go in Jesus' name. God, I lose your love on today because love covers a multitude of sin. So we just thank you, God, for your love that you showed towards us even when we were yet sinners. God, you died for us, and that's how you proved and demonstrated your love. Love never fails, so we thank you for love this morning. And Father, I thank you, God, that as I open my mouth, God, you have already filled it. I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge of you. I thank you that the eyes of our understanding is being enlightened today, that we may know. What is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of your glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers and mights and dominions in every name that can be named. God, I thank you for that. And God, we are seated with you. So God, we can rest in your promises. We can rest in what you have already done. We honor you today. And God, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We, we're going to continue what we were going over last Sunday, um, dealing with familiar spirits. And I pray that as I go back and teach on familiar spirits, it will help you to have an awareness of what's around you and how these familiar spirits cause havoc in your lives. Go with me to Genesis. Well, this is where I'm going to start. Genesis 4, verse 6 through 7. We're going to start there, but we're going to go some more places. Genesis 4, verse 6 through verse 7. Genesis 4, verse 6 through verse 7. And I believe all of us are familiar with that passage of scripture. It's dealing with Cain and Abel. The word of God reads, Genesis 4, verse 6 through 7. I'm reading out the expanded Bible. The Lord asked Cain, why are you angry? Why do you look so unhappy? Has your face continents falling? If you do things well, correctly, appropriately, I will, I will accept you. But if you do not do them well, correctly, appropriately, sin is ready to attack you, crouching at the door. Sin wants desire to control you, but you must rule over it. You may be seated. So this is God. We're still talking about familiar spirits. This is God talking to Cain. And we know what Cain um, was going to do. He was going to kill his brother. And so what God did, he came in the midst and was letting Cain know how he could master over what he was getting ready to do. 
And he says, sin lies at the door. It crouches at the door and it waits on you. So when we talk about familiar spirits, remember a familiar spirit is a spirit that's familiar with you and your family. And it goes back through the generation. A familiar spirit is a spirit that's familiar with you and your family. And it goes back through the generation. And what this familiar spirit does, it watches It watches your reaction, it watches your actions, it watches an area or areas in your life that you have weaknesses and that familiar spirit know what button to push. So these are, um, to recognize a familiar spirit, it's like a pattern. It's a pattern that keeps happening over and over again and that pattern goes back through the generations. So if you go back through your generations and you may have things in your generation that has happened and it skipped and went to the fourth, the third or the fourth generation, you're saying this is what happened with the forefathers. This is what they were doing. An example is in the book of Genesis when we talk about Abraham. We know that Abraham told Sarah to say that she was his sister, in which that was partly true. You know, she was um, his half-sister, and she married. he married her. So he told her to tell Abimelech she was his sister instead of saying she was his wife. That was the lie. She was his sister, but she was his wife. So she lied and told Abimelech what Abraham told her to tell him. And we know that Abraham had to end up praying for, for Abimelech, and they left. But then it went on to Isaac. Isaac said the same thing with Rebekah. He told Rebekah to say the same thing. Now Isaac is the son of Abraham. So he, she lied to um, the next king and told him the same thing. That I am his sister. Knowing well that she was his wife. So when he saw um, Isaac uh, sporting with her, with Rebekah, he knew that's your wife. So it went from Abraham to Isaac. Then let's go to um, Jacob. We know from Isaac there was Esau and there was Jacob. And um, Esau, well, Jacob stole um, Esau's birthright. And how he did it, he pretended like he was Esau when he was actually Jacob. He lied to Isaac. The lying spirit went through that generation. So we have to know patterns of things that's happening and we'll know that it's a familiar spirit over that person that's causing that person to do what that person is doing. Even though you are born again, even though you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, even though Jesus have paid the price, have broke the curse over our lives, it's still some things that's left behind. It's still things that the enemy is using to uh, bring us in in bondage. And one of them is a familiar spirit. We're going to go back through the generation, you know, with David. David, he was a king. He should have went out to battle. David didn't go out to battle. He stayed, which he should have went to battle. He stayed. He saw Bathsheba. He ended up... um, you know, having sexual relations with Bathsheba, and look what happened. A child came um, through that, and so he killed Uriah because look how it just, he, he lied, he murdered, he did what he, he did. But guess what? Solomon, the things that David did, it went through the generations. But guess what? Someone had to break it. The one that broke it was Jesus. 
Jesus was in that generation. So somebody had to come in and break that. And he broke it for all of us. See, if you follow your Bible, you will know that even though the curse is broken, the enemy is still lingering. He's still watching. He's still waiting. The enemy uses doors. If you don't lock your door at night, what's going to come in? A thief. And when a thief comes in, normally a thief, he will cover up his face. He will not let you see his face because if you see his face, you're going to be familiar with who that thief is. That's how the enemy does. When the enemy come in, he don't want you to be able to recognize what spirit that is of. Because when you recognize that spirit, you can do away with that spirit. Amen. So he don't want you to recognize it. He wants to come in to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give you life, and I have come to give you life more abundantly. So if you have things going on in your life, and it keeps coming and coming and coming like a pattern, seem like you can't never get over this, it's because that familiar spirit is holding you in bondage. He has captivated you. How did he do that? Through your mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so does he become. What he does, he creates barricades in your mind due to your way of thinking. Some of us think, this is in my family, this is how it's going to be. But when you know what the word of God says to you, that curse have been broken. And even though it come to your house, it don't have to stay at your house. Hear what I'm saying? Even though it comes to your house just because mom and daddy had it, sister and brother, just because it went down through the generation, the curse stops here. It stopped at Jesus. And if you are born again, you do not have to accept what comes to your house. When you know what the word of God says, you can say, you don't belong here. I've been bought with the price. See, when you know that you have been bought with the price, when you know that you have been redeemed, even though it's looking you in, a, in your face, you don't have to let it in. Some of us are opening doors to in and everything because we don't know what's behind these things. We think that, well, this, what has to be, has to be. You know, it's in our family. This have to be. I have to accept being a homosexual. I have to accept incest. I have to accept these things. It's, it's been in our family. It's going to always be here. The devil is a liar. He's a deceiver of the brethren. Just because they did it don't mean you have to do it. Because when you know who you are, you can let them know the curse have been broken and it stops here. So you do not have to accept things because your family accepts those things. Even though incest is still in your family. Incest mean is aunts and uncles coming together. Sisters and brothers coming together. It's people coming together that's kin that don't supposed to come together. And people think that's natural. It is not natural. So we have to understand these things so we don't have to accept these things. Y'all know what we do. We say, oh, they're only third cousin. We all right. They're only third. When they get past the four, we ain't no kin. <laughs> I hear in my spirit right now, I hear somebody saying, well, all of us kin. And if you take it way back when it started with Adam, it, it started from Adam, didn't it? It did. It started from Adam. And we know what started back there with Adam them. They had to come together to, pop, to, you know, replenish the earth. But things change, people. Things change. You don't have five wives and say it's okay like they did back then. 
You don't do what they did back then, men. You cannot have five women. You are no Solomon. Get it out of your head. That curse has been broken. <laughs> when you understand what's going on, you don't do things once you get an understanding. And sometimes you really don't need an understanding. It's common sense. Common sense. Amen. So when we look at Cain, I'm going back to Cain. We know that God was telling Cain, now you don't have to open the door. He says, sin is at the door, Cain. It's crouching at the door. And right now, sin is crouching right where you're sitting. Because see, the enemy have to have somebody to ride in here with. He have to have a body to ride in here with to cause commotion, to cause confusion, to cause strife. There is no perfect church. I want y'all to understand that. But when you begin to mature in the Lord, you don't allow things to come in the church with you that's not of God. You don't allow division. You don't allow strife. Because look at Abraham. Abraham, when him and Lot was together, God didn't tell him to take Lot with him. Abraham took Lot. There was strife between them. Abraham said, if you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. We are brethren. This should not be. So Abraham knew what was right. We have to have somebody in the midst of the church or some, a lot of people in the midst of the church to say what's right. That's not right. That's not who we are. We have to stand on righteousness. We have to stand on God's way of doing and being. We just don't do it because everybody else is doing it. Just because another church is doing it don't mean you should do what they do if it's wrong. I don't care if they bishop. I don't care if they archbishop. I don't care who they are. If it don't line up with the word of God, you don't participate. Whatever they do, when you know it's wrong, you don't do it. So we see that God, God is always there to tell us, don't do that. He says, sin is lying at the door. So what the enemy does, he wait for an opportunity, y'all. The familiar spirit is watching you. He's watching your weakness. He's watching an area or areas that you're weak in. And that's how he pounces on you through those weak areas. That's why you have to close those doors. When we look at Proverbs 26, 2, I talked about this um, last week. And it says, don't worry when someone curses you for no reason. Nothing bad would happen. Such words are like birds that fly past and never stop. I'm reading out the easy read version. I had to break it down. So a curse causeless will not come. What it means is the only way a curse can come on you if you open the door. Listen what I'm saying. If Jesus broke the curse, if Jesus paid the price for every curse, Jesus took it upon himself. That means that the curse has been broken. And when you know that, why do you want to go into things that Jesus already took upon himself? Like a Ouija board, that opens a door. If you play with the Ouija board, that's a form of witchcraft. Where you're sitting up there asking questions, am I going to get married? Am I going to have children or eight ball? Anything that you play with, tarot cards. If you play with those tarot cards, and it's games out there too that use sorcery. Watch what your children are playing with those games. Sometimes we give them games to entertain them so they'll leave us alone. 
I was one of those mothers that my son was in Dragon Ball Z. He loved himself some Dragon Ball Z. And I'm like, long as my son happy, I'm happy. I can do what I got to do and he doing what he got to do. So he just playing Dragon Ball Z. So one day I told him after school, I said, Jeremy, I'm going to sit here and watch Dragon Ball Z with you, son. So I'm watching Dragon Ball Z and I'm saying, Jeremy, this is a good little cartoon, good little show. So I was chanting something that the guy was saying unaware, not knowing that I was bringing evil in my house. But the Lord know your heart because when you have certain things going on around you, it means that you open a door somewhere that's causing things to fall in your house. That's causing um, noises or something to be going on. You're like, what in the world is that? Where, where am I hearing that from? It's a door that has been opened to something that you brought into your home. So I did not know it came through Dragon Ball Z. So one day I met this lady. God is so good. God will not leave you by yourself. When your heart is right before the Lord and you're crying out to God and you're saying, Lord, what's going on in my home? Lord, why are these things happening? God, why is my children so fearful? Why is fear hitting me the way it's hitting me? And I would cry out to the Lord. So I met this lady, and as I was talking to this lady, she was telling me, she said, is there anything in your home that you can think of that you're watching or doing? I said, no, you know, we just do normal stuff. So she said, can I come to your home? I said, sure. So my entertainment uh, center was right there and the little tapes and stuff was right there. So she started looking at stuff and she said, what is this? I said, that's Dragon Ball Z. She said, that's your problem, Dragon Ball Z. I said, how is Dragon Ball Z my problem? She said, you're opening the door to allow evil. See, some of y'all think this ain't true, but it is true. This is how the devil enters. He enters through video games. He enters through um, watching scary movies doing Halloween. He enters through all of this stuff that we allow because we think it's normal. You are in the world, but you're not of the world. So you don't do what the world does. Watch the entertainment you're giving your children. So when she began to show me these things, What was happening before she showed me these things, Jeremy did not want to sleep in his room. And I'm like, boy, get in that room. Mommy, I can't go in that room. It's something in that room. I said, it's nothing in that room with you. Get in that room. So one night as I was praying, the Lord told me, he said, go clean his room. So when I went to clean his room, because I thought when, when I got rid of all the tapes in the house that wasn't good and all the games that I paid good money for with Dragon Ball Z that I gave Jeremy, I threw them away. And Jeremy said, Mommy, why are you getting rid of my games? So I had to sit down and tell him why and ask for forgiveness for bringing this stuff in the home and allowing him to play with it. So that night when the Lord showed me, I thought I had did a thorough house cleaning. And some of y'all today may say, oh, that ain't true. It's true. It's true. You shall know the truth. And the truth is what makes you free. See, the enemy wants you to be deceived and think these games are so innocent. He wants you to think that TikTok is so innocent and it's full of sexual perversion and you got your kids on TikToks doing some TikToks working their tail and it's dealing with sexual perversion and you think it's cute. So, in the home, when God told me to go in the room and do a thorough cleaning, 
went behind Jeremy's bed and then they go Dragon Ball Z toys, all of this stuff in there. The Lord said, get rid of it. Got rid of it, t- changed his room around. I said, Jeremy, you can go back in that room and you're going to sleep tonight. My baby slept all night. Because I was obedient to the spirit of the Lord. The Lord will let you know what you entertaining in your room, in your home that's not right. Pornography. If you watch pornography when you were little and it come up through the generation, you may say, I don't have a problem with it. But it could have skipped you and went to somebody else. I'm delivered from those things. Anything that you participated in that was a pattern and you could not stop doing it. If you couldn't stop tiptoeing from one woman house to another, you need to check that pattern. Because when you love your wife, you, you don't tiptoe. And if you're a real man, tell the truth. You don't have to be tiptoeing, just tell the truth. So... Anything that's a pattern that you cannot stop doing, that familiar spirit has you in bondage. It is coming through the generations. And once you recognize it, you begin to break that thing and let that thing know you don't have authority over me. I have authority over you because I'm blood bought. See, when you understand who you are, you don't have to put up with what's going on. Come on, when you look at your children, things that you've done that you know that wasn't right, when your kids grow up, they're doing them in front of you. It's a pattern. If you laid with many men and you seeing your children laying with many men, it is a pattern. That's a spirit of perversion that has to be broken and you can break it. You can let them know this is not normal. This is not who God has created us to be. We're created into the image of God. You don't have to lay with no one to be acceptable. You don't have to do that. People think that they lay with people to be accepted because they're feeling rejection. And they're saying, I don't know why I do this. I don't know why I keep going from one person to another because it's coming from the generation. It is a pattern and it needs to be broken. So it's doors that we open through things that we're doing that we're not recognizing because we think it's normal. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, what was normal to you become abnormal. It's not normal no more because that's not your way of being. That's not who you are. When you know your new identity, now that you're in Christ, you're going to know what's normal and what's not normal. And then you're going to raise your kids up in that way. You're going to let them know you don't do what I used to do. You're going to explain why you don't do, because a child, why mama? They want to know why. And you have to let them know, this is why. So when you open a door, guess what? That spirit invites other spirits in, familiar spirits. Because that familiar spirit opened the door and said, come on in, boys. See what happened to David? When David slept with that woman, he knew that woman was married. He knew that woman had a husband. But what did David do? He just had to have that woman. That was coming from perversion. He had to have that woman. Like he didn't have enough. He had more than enough women. But he wanted more. Look at Solomon. I believe Solomon had more women than David. (laughs) Come on, it was going through the generation. Look what happened with David. 
with the things that David done, Absalom, look how Absalom turned out. He ended up having hate. He ended up having murder because of what David did. It went through the generation, but I thank God for Jesus because he broke that. He broke it off that God had to send someone to break it. You might be the one in your family to break the curse. Because when people don't know that there's a curse in that family, God raised up a deliverer. He raised up Moses. Moses was the deliverer. He was the one to set the laws. And Y'all come on now. Come on, read your Bible. He was the one to set the laws in place to let people know these are the do's and these are the don'ts. And look at the things that Moses went through. Come on, you can look at your childhood and tell whether or not you're the deliverer for your family. You can look back at Moses. Look, Moses should have died. But his mom sacrificed him. And when she sacrificed him, he had to stay in Pharaoh's household. But God raised him up right in the midst of Pharaoh's household to be a deliverer for God's people. Come on, God can take you out the gutter and raise you up. Y'all better understand what I'm saying. It don't matter where you've been. It don't matter what you have done. God can raise you up to be whom he have called you to be. Come on, look at Paul. He was Saul and he was persecuting the Christians, but God used him. Moses was a murderer, but God used him. He raised him up to be a deliverer. God raised him up. So don't go in positions on your own. You got to be raised up for what God has called you to be. You got to be taught. Some people don't want to be taught. They want to run all over the church like they know everything, like a chicken with the head cut off, doing things that are outside of the will of God. And people are following those patterns. Traditions of men make the word of God of none effect. We want to go on what God is saying, not what man is saying. So there are doors that are open. And we have to close those doors. And the Holy Spirit will let you know what door that's open in your life. When you go home, you need to say, Holy Spirit, search me. Show me what's open in my life. Show me what's causing these patterns in my life. Why am I so angry for no reason? Go back through your life and see what happened to you to make you so angry for you to fuss at people for no reason where people can't even talk to you without you blowing up like a blowfish. Go back through your life and see where this started. A person who drink all the time. Alcoholism is really a spirit of suicide because the enemy really wants you to kill yourself. Go back through your life and see what events stirred you up to drink. What caused you to go to alcohol? What caused you to be the person that you are? If you go back through your life, you will recognize what caused me to like women. And that's not what God created me to be. That's not how God created it to be. What caused this? It could have been Uncle Sam. That told you, come on, let's go play Tickle Me Elmo. See, you need to go back and see where these patterns start. Who your mama or daddy left you with and y'all playing Tickle Me Elmo all the time. And you little, see the enemy starts at a young age because when you're so little, you are vulnerable. And then you think this is normal. This is how it's supposed to See, y'all sweeping this mess under the rug. And it's time for people to know what's going on in their
their lives so they can move on with where God have called them to be. We got people in church that stagnated. They're afraid to be who they are in Christ because the enemy got a hold on them. You know some of the stuff that you did when you was growing up. Playing houses with your cousins. You my husband. I'm your wife. You playing house. People say that's normal. That ain't normal. Your child in the corner talking to a friend. Hey, Bethany, how you doing today? Y'all see a Bethany? How you doing? And you look watching your kids play like that. Or they got two dolls. They got them dolls coming together, talking to each other. No, you get on top of me. No, you get on top of me. Oh, look at them playing with Barbie. And what's the other man's name? Ken. Ken. See, y'all know Barbie and Ken. You're doing stuff. Or you're seeing your son playing with doll babies. And you're saying it's normal. It's all right, baby. Let them play with the doll baby. They need to know how to change them diapers. But that daddy is knowing, oh, no. My uncle used to play with doll babies. And now, what are you doing? How he act? Now you ain't playing with no doll babies up in there. You better get you a fire truck. <laughs> Buy him a fire. Yeah, I'm talking truth. Some people in here don't even want to hear this. They don't want it to be talked about. This is why these things are happening in your house. If you don't start in the womb with your children. It's in the womb. Mothers, if you're carrying your baby in the womb, in and out of places, you shouldn't carry them in. Or if you're doing stuff still with men, you shouldn't be doing and pregnant. That baby hears everything that's going on in that womb. When that baby comes out, how do I know? This is truth. I'll use me for an example. When I was carrying Ariel, Jeremy would always say, Brubra, Brubra, Brubra. You know, I'm going to be the Brubra, Brubra. When Ariel came out, he was still saying, I'm your Brubra. When she couldn't talk, when she got ready to talk, she said, Brubra. Babies can hear in the womb. Mothers, wherever you go with those babies, they are hearing what you're doing. If you have strife amongst you, that baby is going to come out with some strife. If you a busybody and never sit down, that baby is going to be a busybody and never sit down. And they're going to diagnose that baby with ADHD. Because you busy in the womb and can't sit down. You are restless. Everything you do, that baby is going to do. Okay. People don't want to hear this. But if a psychiatrist or a doctor told you, oh, Lord. But when God tell you something, it's like we don't know what we're talking about. Hmm. See, only a person that went to school to study this is supposed to know this. God is wiser. I'd rather have the wisdom from above than the wisdom that's on this earth because the wisdom that's on this earth will kill you. But when God tells you something, it don't change. So this is why we have to hear him and stay out of the face of man all the time, waiting on them to answer us when they didn't create us. They just studied our body parts. They didn't create them. Help me, somebody. 
Because if they could really fix you, they wouldn't have to put a rod in you. If they could really fix you, they wouldn't have to take nothing out of you. Come on, somebody. If they could really fix you, they wouldn't be prescribing you nothing. Come on, we got no truth. Only the truth, knowing the truth is what make you free. Because at the end of the day, when man have exhausted everything that they can do, they just tell you to set your house in order. Just get ready to die. But God says, see, when you go to him, you're saying, man say my time is up. But God said, what did I say? Who is man that you're going to be mindful of? What did I say? See, the more that we can stay in the presence of the Lord, the more we get to know him, the more we can identify what's going on in our lives and say, that ain't God. When your husband is telling you it's okay to have a swingers club, that ain't God. That come from somewhere. Somebody's swinging. I ain't in my message, but I'm just being led by the spirit. Somebody want me to say, shush, I won't do it. Somebody got to tell the truth. Churches got to stop being so prettified. Come on, you got to dig up under that mess. So it can be rooted up so people will know what's going on with them. Quit telling people to fan stuff and give you an amen when what you talking ain't true. Amen preach and you still going through the same pattern but they're still preaching and then you go into them and saying why am i why am i still in these affairs pastor what's going on with me i don't want it then the pastor would just stop it i tried to stop it the more i try to stop i pick up three more ain't nothing too hard for god this is what people tell them but nobody's getting to the root of why you tripping. Come on, let's talk to God and find out why you tripping. Let's talk about it. Did it go through your family? Were people in your family doing the same thing? Come on, we're going to break that curse. But even when the curse is broken, understand this, Jesus already broke it. So when we're coming against it, we're telling that familiar spirit, you have no right here because I'm blood bought. But now after we do it, you got to renew your mind. Understand this. Women and men of God. This is why God tell you. You just don't sleep around with any and everybody. You don't do that. You wait. Until you're married. And then before you get married, you want to know who you married. Who you marry. You better, Daddy always say, you better know who you, what family you married into. He said, you better check the family out. You just don't go into a family because they're treating you all nice and kind. You don't, you don't go into a family because that man is whining and dining you and you go into their house and everybody offering you food. You don't go into a family because that man is opening a door for you and no man ever opened a door for you. Because that, that, that man, you don't know where he's getting his stuff from. So you say, no, they treat me nice. They love on me. 
They're just as lovable as they can be. Then when you marry him, all of a sudden you're about to lose your mind and you wonder, my mind was all right before I got with this man. I could sleep at night before I got with this man. He's still loving on you, but you feel like things just ain't right. You better check that pattern. You better check on what happened for you to go to that place that you are in your mind and you weren't at that place before, before you tied the knot. Y'all know when you tie a knot, right? Have y'all ever seen a knot tied? You tie that knot and you make it tight, right? So when you get married, it say you tie the knot. That knot is one. That means whatever that man done, you done it. Whatever that woman done, man, males, you done it. You ones now. Whomever they been with, you been with them. That's why God said, you do not have sex outside of marriage. Because you bring it in your bedroom. Somebody want me to shut up. I don't cut the Holy Ghost off. He know how to say it and how to say it for your children too, okay? He know how to put it in place. Because it has to be put in place. Some of us have witchcraft in our marriage. And that witchcraft in that marriage comes from where we've been and what we're holding on to and what we're saying. Some of us have idols in our marriage because when you idolize a man or woman more than you God, more than God, that's your idol. That's how doors open. That's how you let evil in your house. Whom or what are you idolizing? What are you giving more attention than you're giving to God? Go back and ask yourself, why am I giving this man or this woman more attention than I'm giving to God? Why am I doing what I'm doing? Why, Lord, this is not right. Everybody know what's right and what's wrong. Everybody know what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Whatever you bring in your marriage from the world is what you're going to do in that marriage. If you watch pornography before you got married, you're going to bring it into your marriage until you get your mind renewed and uproot that filth. You're going to bring it to your wife or you're going to bring it to your husband. Some people say, I love you, baby, but love don't treat a woman any kind of way. Y'all, that was the first scripture. No, the second one. Understand this. The enemy need a door. And we're the one that lets him in. When we look at uh, Revelations 12.10, it says... And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Look at what the enemy does. He's an accuser of the brethren. He's before God day and night accusing you. Why? Because he's trying to find some accusations on you. That's what the enemy want to do. He's an accuser of the brethren. Remember Job chapter 1 verse 6. When the sons of God came um, in, well it said now there was a day when the sons, the angels of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now listen at this. And Satan, it did not say Satan, (laughs) was the son of God no more, right? It said and Satan, the adversary, their accuser also came amongst them. So Satan came in. 
with those angels. Why? He come in with some accusations. Satan watches. He watches everything that you do. That familiar spirit watches everything that you do to bring accusations to come in on you. So Satan came in on Job. What was Satan doing? He was watching Job. What was Job doing? Job was praying for his children. Job was an upright. He was a righteous man. He didn't want his children to do no wrong. He didn't want them to come against God. So what Job did when he done his sacrifice, he said, I'm going to put some in for his kids. He said, because they're up there having them parties on their birthdays. I don't know what they're doing. So just in case. How many of us have some just in case for our children? We don't know what they're doing when they ain't around us. So the enemy put stuff in our mind saying, you know, they're out there selling stuff. They're out there doing this. They're out there doing that. Go and pray for that. Have y'all been there? I've been there. Let me tell you how I've been there. I never forget. I always talk about my son, Jeremy. God got something for my baby. I'm telling you because, whoo, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, he's come a long way. I give God glory. But before this long way, it was always Jeremy. Lord knows. Daddy know. Daddy said, I pray for that boy more than I pray for any of my grandkids. <laughs> it was always Jeremy. But this is what I did. And you have to be careful because the enemy will put accusations before you. Because remember that familiar spirit. He's watching to get an area on your kids so he can bring that area back to you and have you praying more than ever. Right? For those areas. And it might not be happening. But guess what he wants you to do. He wants you to speak those things. That be not as though they were. So those things can happen. Then you end up having a mental picture. Of something that's not happening. That the enemy wants to happen. Come on I hit it. Holy Ghost hit it. So what I did. When I was hearing these things. I'd be oh Lord my son. My son. My son. So this is what I did. I'm going somewhere with this y'all. When we think we know more than God, okay, I put a tracker on him, on his phone. I fix you, buddy. So he would go places and I'll call him, hey, where you at? I'm over so-and-so. I say, you're lying. Mama, who told you that, God? I ain't say nothing. (laughs) Say nothing. And let him believe what he want to believe. You lying and you better get your behind where you supposed to be. That was the first time. Went on some other time. Hey, hey, boo, how you doing? I'm doing all right, mama. How you doing? I'm doing good. Where you at? I'm so-and-so. I say, yank, you're on 421. You better get your behind from over there on 421. You're told another lie. So then one day, I guess that familiar spirit started talking to him. Because he say, mama, something wrong with my phone. I say, baby, don't worry about it. Just give it to your mama. I take it to Verizon. I have it fixed for you. Don't touch nothing. <laughs> Jeremy called me. He said, mama, my phone just a turning and a turning. I said, leave it alone. I said, don't you touch it. Leave it alone. He said, you put a track on me. <laughs> mess me up. Mess me up. I was so far out there. I wasn't listening to the spirit on the Lord's day. I was listening to the tracker. Hear what I'm saying? We do this. Because we think we know more than God. So let me tell you what this mama had to do. When I came to my senses like the prodigal son. 
I got before the Lord. I said, Lord, forgive me for open a door to manipulation, which is a form of witchcraft. Forgive me for open a door to deceit because I have been deceiving my son, making him think it was you instead of the tracker. So I'm going to close this door and I'm going to roll him over to you, God. So God, whatever I need to know, I know you will show it to me because you are a loving God. So I close the door. And when I start depending on God, God will tell me to tell him something. And immediately, right then when I told him, don't go over here in this certain area. Don't go over there. Mama, I got this guy's CD and I need to take it to him. Don't go. Just don't go. Give it to him another time. He listened, did not go. They did a raid at the house. Depend on the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do the private eye. Because God knows everything. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. If you feel like your husband or your wife is cheating on you, you don't have to hire a private eye. You don't have to hire nobody. The only thing you got to do is be in the presence of the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what's going on. You be at home. He'll tell you what's going on. He'll tell you how many it is. Mm-hmm. God is good, isn't he? The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, control, discipline yourself and be careful. Alert, the devil, your enemy goes around, prowls like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat and devour. That means that enemy is watching you. That familiar spirit watches you and knows you. This happens, y'all, while you're in the womb. The enemy know even though you are born again, he know I still got a hold on you. I still know your dislikes. I know your family. I know what goes through the generation. So I'm going to still mess with your mind. The mind is the battlefield. The enemy know if he can get a hold to your mind, he got a hold to your body. And even though you save and got the raising from the dead power on the inside of you, guess what? It will not work why because your mind is so unrenewed that it cannot link with your spirit and your body cannot follow the spirit's leading so this is why we have to understand the devil is watching he's in here watching right now he got to have a body don't you know the devil comes to church Why is he coming to church? Because when you got a church that's teaching truth, he got to ride in here on somebody to try to make people think that's not true. The devil always rises up and try to bring some kind of correction to let people know, no, that ain't how it is. The devil rode in here on somebody this morning, but I got news for you. You better hold on to this truth. Because only knowing it is what's going to make you free. See, sometimes we've been in this stuff for so long. We've been doing what we've been doing so long. We try to justify it. You cannot justify something that's wrong. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You cannot add to it. You cannot take away from it. You just need to admit it and quit it. Holy Spirit will help you do it. Galatians 3.13 I'm giving you the scripture dealing with Christ. Christ took away, redeemed us from, bought our freedom from the curse of the law, put on, put on us. He changed places with us and put himself under the curse, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, 
In the scriptures, anyone whose body is displayed on a tree is cursed. So Jesus took what? He took it. So what, what am I saying with the things that I have said so far? If you got an open door, if you went to a psychic, it's an open door. It's an open door. If you went to a psychic to ask the psychic about your future, it's an open door. Um, mediums use familiar spirits to consult with the dead. I want to go there. Just because you have a dream about a dead relative don't mean that's from God. I'm going to go to Saul. Y'all remember Saul? It was one that the people chose. That's not who God wanted them to have. So God gave the people what they wanted. So y'all know Saul did not follow God's command. God said, I want you to literally destroy all the Amalekites. I want you to get rid of them, even the king. If you do not destroy the king, you will not destroy the kingdom. So you have to get the king and you will get the ones that's up under that king. How can you enter a strong man's house and don't literally destroy the strong man? If you don't get the strong man, you can't get his goods. You can't plunder his house. So he said, literally destroy all the Amalekites, everything. I want you to destroy literally that kingdom. So what did Saul do? He did opposite of what God told him. They kept the best of the sheep. They kept the best of the things. And he even, now he was stupid. He bought the king out and thought he done. What were you going to do with this king, man? So he bought the king out. So when God began to talk to Samuel, Samuel was a prophet. He was a mouthpiece for the Lord. Samuel was one that was raised up in Eli, the priest's house. I got to go back through Samuel because I'm talking about a, a prophet because you can have false prophets and, and you're unaware of them. Because familiar spirits operate through false prophets. So we know what Saul did. So Samuel came to him and Samuel began to tell him, what do I hear in my ear? He was hearing them sheep. He was hearing all them cattle. He said, you did something opposite, I'm paraphrasing, of what God told you not to do. So he blamed it on the people. How many of us blame what we do on a man or a woman or on a friend on somebody? Well, if you hadn't said this, honey, I wouldn't have slapped you. What, what, what does what he said have to do with you slapping him? You just made me mad, so I just had to slap some sense into you. Let's just move on. And then when he knocks some in you, why are you calling the cops? Hello, somebody. It's all right for you to slap him, but not him to knock you out. See, his, his hand was heavier. Now that you're going to put him in jail and you hit him first. Okay. Nobody don't understand that one. So Saul didn't do what God told him to do. So God reject, rejected Saul. Well, let me stop right there. Lord, whoever's hitting anybody, <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> have mercy. Or if somebody's thinking about hitting somebody, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Don't do it. Uh, let me just pause for a minute. Hallelujah. Anyway, anyway, Lord, we thank you. Get this stuff out of your head. Anyway, oh Saul, he was, he was disobedient, so God took the kingdom from him, and immediately 
The spirit that was on Saul got taken from him and an evil spirit came in. Y'all know that part. So this is what Saul did um, in 1 Samuel 28. It talks about how Samuel had died, which was a prophet of the Lord. Y'all know a prophet is a mouthpiece that God uses. Um, In the Old Testament, the prophets came to the people with warnings. They came to the people with what God was saying, warnings and judgments from the Lord. So when people saw Samuel coming, they were saying, oh, Lord, we're going to die. Because they knew that not a word that Samuel spoke would fall to the ground. Now, Samuel was given to, to the Lord through his mother, Hannah, because Hannah could not have children. So she promised the Lord, if the Lord gave her a son, she would dedicate him to the Lord. I had to go back here, parents, because it's going back to where I was. People are dedicating kids to the Lord and don't know him. They're bringing them to church in their beautiful outfits and want to say, I want to dedicate. And, and we as pastors fall for that foolishness, but I'm one that don't. I'm not falling for that foolishness because I'm going to ask you where you at. You're going to bring me a child and you're still out there doing Lord knows what. And you're going to bring me your child and you want to dedicate your child and your child going back into your house where you're doing all this mess. You ain't ready to give your child to the Lord. Because if you're ready to give your child to the Lord, you would have changed. Okay, nobody want to talk about that. See, this is what's wrong with the church. It's backwards. If you're dedicating your child, your life's supposed to be in a place to show your child the ways of the Lord. You don't just bring a child to the altar in a pretty little white gown or making them pretty because they're pretty and say, he and Lord, he and go, you, you can have them, Lord. What about you? I got to get you first because they're watching you. Okay. Anyway, she dedicated Samuel. To the Lord. And she said, Lord, I'm going to give him to you all the days of his life. Now, he had to stay with Eli. Now, check this. Eli was a priest. And Eli was the one that was going to raise him up as a priest and a prophet. Now, y'all check this. Eli had some foul sons. So, my thing is, wait a minute, Hannah. You giving this boy to Eli. Who's upholding these foul sons. But anyway, God knew what he was doing. Eli, y'all know what happened with Eli. See, y'all better pay attention because it's going to help somebody. I'm not going to leave nothing out. If you got to leave, go ahead and leave, okay? So Eli, he got a warning about what his sons was doing. His sons were sleeping with women right there at the temple and then taking more than what they supposed to take. The, Eli told them about what they was doing was wrong, but Eli didn't sit their behinds down. This is what's going on. We tell people what's right, but when they keep doing what they're doing, it's time to pull them out of position and let them know you cannot be in the house of the Lord doing what you're doing because it's just like cancer. It's going to run through the church, somebody. Anyway, so we're getting back. We know that it was not the... um, Samuel didn't know the word of the Lord in that day, but we know that God spoke to Samuel. Samuel began to tell Eli the same thing that God had told him previously. So Samuel was a prophet. He was bringing judgment. He was bringing warning to the people. And they took heed to Samuel. Why did they take heed to Samuel? Because everything that Samuel said, it came to pass. It did not fall to the ground. So when Samuel came before he even opened his mouth, they were bowing. 
because they knew God is getting ready to speak. What is happening to the church? When you come into the church, you're not bowing to the word. Our minds are everywhere else. Except speak, Lord. Your servant want to hear. There's something I know you want to say to me today. God, my heart is open. Speak, Lord. Yes, Lord. So Samuel, he died. And after Samuel died, we know that Saul cut off the mediums. He cut off the spiritists. He cut off the sorcerers. He cut off everybody. Why did he cut them off? Because he was obeying what God told him to do. Go with me. I have to show you in scripture. Two, man, y'all, Deuteronomy 18, verse 9 and 14. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm getting taught today. Say, I hope you're listening. Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 14. Listen at this. Expanded Bible. When you enter the land, the Lord your God is giving you. Who's giving the land? God, don't learn to do the hateful, detestable, abominable things the other nations do. Did you hear what God said? Let me stop right there. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. So God said, I do not want you, being that you're in this world, to do what these other people are doing. He said, I don't want you to do it. Did everybody hear that? He don't want you to do. He said, don't learn to do the hateful, abominable, detestable things the other nations do. Don't let anyone among you offer a son or daughter as a sacrifice in the fire. Don't let anyone use magic, divination, witchcraft, or try to explain the meaning of signs. Y'all hear that? Don't let anyone try to control others with magic, cast spells. Don't let them be mediums, consult ghosts or spirits or try to talk with spirits of the dead people. The Lord hates, detests anyone who does these things because the other nation do these things. The Lord your God will be forced. The Lord your God will force them out of the land ahead of you. But you must be innocent, blameless in the presence of the Lord your God. This is what God is saying. So that's why Saul got rid of. He cut off the mediums, the familiar spirits, the fortune tellers, the soothsayers. He got rid of all of them. Now I want y'all to check this. When war broke out and Saul needed a word because normally when war would come, they would consult with the prophet. They would ask them, should they go to war or they would use this Urim. And they would, you know, talk to God and say, do we go to war? Do we do this? Do we do that? God cut off the word from Saul. He cut off the word through the prophet. He cut off the word through the Urim. Any way the word would come in, guess what he did? He cut it off from Saul. Why? Because Saul rejected God. He would not listen to God. So what happened? So Saul knew that God would not talk to him. So guess what he did? He told one of his people, go find me a medium. Go find me someone with a familiar spirit. Now, y'all got to catch this because some people have been using that scripture in 1 Samuel 28 to say that was Samuel. I'm going to help you with the dead that's dead, okay? I want to help you with the dead that's dead. They're dead. So here we go. 
So Samuel went to find this, this witch and, and they found the witch and he told her, he disguised himself. He didn't come as the king. Now look at all this manipulation. He didn't come as the king because he knew he was the one to say, no more witchcraft, no more sorcery, no more familiar spirits. He cut them off. So then he went to her and say, whomever I tell you to bring up, come on, bring out of the ground. Whomever I tell you to bring out of the ground. He said, that's who I want you to bring up. So when this woman saw Samuel, she said, you're Saul. Anyway, so when Samuel started talking to Saul and telling him, why did you bring me up out of my rest? It looked like Samuel, everything, Samuel, the the familiar spirit began to tell Saul everything that Samuel told him before about how the Lord rejected him and everything. Now, if God cut off the word to Saul, why would he use somebody he told them not to use? Y'all don't get it? So if you have your dead relatives coming to you, okay, let me go, let me go here. Remember a prophet in the Old Testament, they spoke a word from the Lord, okay? The old prophet spoke a word from the Lord. In the New Testament, God speaks to you directly. Listen what I'm saying. You got too many prophets out here saying that you got to go to them to hear from God. That's a false prophet. Prophets, only thing they're going to do is confirm what God has already told you. We're going to go to Ephesians 4 to let you know the job of a prophet. I get so tired of these prophets coming in town. I'm going to read your mail. You're going to get a car. You're going to get a house. Yeah, eventually one day I will. Familiar spirit. See, that's why you got to know what a familiar spirit does and how they operate. Just because a person got a title of prophet don't mean they're from God. Just because somebody tell you what the word is saying, the devil know the word. This way you have to know these things. The only way you know these things is through the zerning of spirits and through the word of God. Quit taking every word because it sounds like you and it fits you. That's why I just sit there and say, There are false prophets even amongst you. There are people some of y'all been talking to, taking advice from, and a familiar spirit is using them to give you that advice because it sounds like you. Well, you ain't been sleeping at night. Duh. What's new about that? No, I haven't. Well, you just been depressed. Who haven't? You sleep on the right and your husband sleep on the left. Duh! The prophet gonna bring word. And when you don't know the word, you're gonna take that. You've been taking a sleeping medicine. Duh! (laughs) You shall know them by their fruit. And if they ain't bearing good fruit and they're cussing people out and they're hating people instead of loving them, that's a lying and false prophet and a familiar spirit is using them. When you open a door, that familiar spirit is going to use that door and say, you a prophet. 
Pastor Amanda don't want you to stand up in church because she thinks she know everything. She thinks she the only one that can prophesy. All of y'all can prophesy because if you got the nine gifts of the spirit, prophesying is not the same thing as a prophet. Prophesying build you up. It edify you just because somebody prophesied don't mean they're a prophet, y'all. That's why you have to be taught so when you walk into places, you can walk out. Because you know what's going on in those places. Wow. This is such a good teaching. I don't know about y'all, but it helps me, so I'm going to help you. Been there, done that. Went to a place that was full of witchcraft. And I went to the place and I told y'all this, and I'm helping you with this through the teaching. I was wearing red. God told me to wear red, and I said, okay, God, I'll wear red. So I'm standing up in the place while they were praising God, and I got so weak. I said, God, I got to sit down. I'm just as weak. I'm just weak. Hold up. This is what I'm telling you. If you come in here and you're weak, don't say it's a witch in here or a familiar spirit attacking you, okay? Because it don't have to always be that your blood sugar could be low because you didn't eat nothing. So you, 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 okay. Anyway, I'm standing up and I was so weak and I'm like, oh Lord, I got to sit down. He said, no, stand. Just keep praising. Just keep praising. And I done all I could, but I was obedient to the Lord. So I'm just praising God, giving him glory. And all of a sudden, this lady called me up, the pastor. And this lady, when she began to minister to me, she began to tell me, The word of God, first of all. But then she began to tell me, the devil's out to kill you. Yes, he is. Because the Lord already told me. So everything that she was saying to me, by spending time with the Lord, I already had it. It was nothing new for me, okay? It was outside of a car in a house. (laughs) So when I sat back down, I I went back to this same place because she invited me to come back. But she told me, come up here and sit on, on the altar with me. Went up there and sat on the altar. Same thing was happening. Finally, I said, Lord, what in the world is going on in this place? The Lord told me it's full of witchcraft. So when the lady came back to my house and I said, Lord, how can I tell her? Because how how many of you feel like when a person has been out there longer than you, you you ain't got a right to tell them nothing. But the Lord said, I need for you to tell her this. So when I went to her, I said, the Lord is showing me that. Your church is full of witchcraft. The lady fell back. I said, oh, Lord, what in the world happened to this lady? She said, it's the truth. I've been crying out for help. I've been crying out for help. In my mind, I said, it ain't coming from me. It ain't coming from me. I wasn't ready. (laughs) Come on, when you're not ready for something, you leave it alone. And I know I was not ready to go up in there and clean house because God was still dealing with me. And if you got openness in your life dealing with fear of anything, it's going to knock you out and send you naked, bruised, and running. Because even though you're using the name of Jesus, but you don't know what the name represents and it's doing you no good. So I'm telling some of you folk. The one of y'all, some of you folk that think you can cast something out and something's still in you. How can you cast something out of somebody else when it's in you? A spirit, no, a spirit. And I'm not saying that, see, the Holy Spirit and a demon cannot share the same body. When you are born again, that demonic spirit cannot share the same temple. But it can have influence over your body. 
but it cannot inhabit your body. That's the difference. You got demons influencing people every day to save. Kill yourself. Leave your husband. Leave your wife. It's a man or a woman out there to treat you much better. A pattern. Why are you hearing that every day? Go back through your bloodline. See how many divorces it is. See what's been going on in that bloodline. I'm telling you, you can go back and you can tell. And sometimes people don't tell you nothing because they want to keep it hush-hush. They don't want nobody to know. But once you open that door and say, yes, this did happen, but it stops here. The enemy don't have a hold anymore. It's nothing for you to be ashamed of. Nothing at all. So we talked about the familiar spirit, what, what it is, how you open the door, the familiar spirit comes in. I'm going to give you another one. Y'all remember this teaching. And I want you to understand this. I'm getting back to Jesus. When Jesus broke the curse, the curse is broken. No matter what you do or how you do it, that curse is broken, not unless you open the door to it. It is done. Jesus ain't going back to do it again. Guess what? It is done. It is finished, okay? But this is what happened. Y'all remember in Numbers, starting at Numbers 22, 2 through 12. This is dealing with Balak, and this is dealing with Balaam. And this is the part that I want to touch on. Balak saw everything the Israelites had done to the Amorites. This is Numbers 22, verse 2 through 12. I'm going to go through it quickly. And Moab was scared of, dreaded so many Israelites. Truly, Moab was terrified by them. The enemy is terrified by you. Y'all don't even see it. The enemy is terrified. But he wants you to be terrified at who? At him. The Moabites said to the elders of Midian, these people, this community, assembly, congregation will take, lick up everything around us like an ox eating grass. So this is what Balak said. He was the king of Moab, the Moabites at this time. He sent messengers to Balaam. Guess who Balaam was? Balaam was a, I'm going to get to him, well, before I get there, it said he sent messages to um, Balaam. And when he sent messages to him, a nation has come out of Egypt that, listen at this, covers the land. They have camps settled next to me. And listen at this. And they are too powerful, listen, for me. So come and put a curse on them. Check this. Maybe then I can defeat them and make them leave. Drive them from the area. Listen at this. This is the enemy strategy. You are too powerful for him. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You are too powerful. So he's saying, maybe if I put a curse on them, what does the curse do? It weakens. It stagnates. It helps you, it makes you wonder and wait and it stops you from standing up in your authority that God has given you and it makes you bow to the enemy instead of knowing that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So this is why he wanted to send a curse. He said, maybe we can weaken them. So the enemy know if he got something on you, an area or area in your life, that bring weakness to you, it's going to stop you from moving forward in the things of God. He know if you got a big mouth and don't know how to shut it up, he's going to send people at you all day long 
to get you to run your mouth and look like a fool. So people look at you outside of who you are now that you're in Christ. Y'all better give God some glory because, hey, God is telling you what's going on. So this is what he's saying. He said, I know that if you bless someone, the blessing happens. And if you put a curse on someone, it happens. The enemy even know. But one thing that he's dumb at, the curse has been broken. But when we're ignorant to what the word is saying is we put ourselves back under something that Jesus done away with. So listen, this is what they did. Y'all know what they did. They went to him, gave him payment, and they're telling him, this is what we want you to do. So when Balaam went to God, God told him in 12, but God said to Balaam, do not go with them. Don't put a curse on those people because I have blessed them. So God was letting him know, ain't no point of you going. <laughs> Already done blessed these people. So in Numbers 23, 19 through 20, Y'all know they went through everything they were going through to try to curse those people. Balak kept sending Balaam back and God, y'all know what God did with the donkey. But finally, in verse 19, 23, 19, this is why I say this. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? He said, behold, I have received commandment to bless and he have blessed and I cannot reverse it. So what am I telling you? All of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. Whatever the word says will not change. God will not break his covenant. Everything that God says, he's not going to change it. No matter what you do, no matter what somebody else do, God is not going to go back on his word. So do not say it is God's fault because you're sick. Do not say it is God's fault because a curse has come upon you. God do not reverse what he says. The enemy wants you to think because of the situation you're in, because of the husband that left you. Let me tell you something about a husband who leaves a woman and go to another woman. Why? are you crying over that husband that woman is only getting a familiar spirit she ain't get nothing because the husband ain't gonna stay there either so wipe your tears and give God glory hallelujah cause he gonna keep going everywhere he ain't gonna y'all come on now he ain't gonna sit still he got to be delivered or she got to be delivered. And then you got all the degrees and you got all the money and you crying over a man that don't want to be still. Wow. Okay, I want to, God don't change his mind. No matter what you do, God don't change on you. It is us who change on God. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 said, God never changes mind about the people he calls and the things he give them for God's gifts and callings are irrevocable. When God give a gift or he give a calling, it is irrevocable. Go back to, um, uh, Judas Iscariot. Jesus chose him. That cannot be changed, but he changed, not Jesus. He changed. He chose to sell Jesus for 30 pieces of silver he was still chosen of God that's whoever God chose that's who he chose he chose 
So we can't look at people when people do something wrong, even when you have a person. Now you have false prophets that are used by familiar spirits. You got to know the word and to know what's false. When you don't know the word, you don't know what's false. You accept it to be true. So you open the door to a familiar spirit and you're following that spirit and you're in bondage to that spirit. But when you know what the word of God is saying, you say, I don't receive that in Jesus name. That's a lie. Getting back to, um, dead folks and dreams. You may have a relative to come to you and they look like your relative and they're telling you something and you believe that it's true because it's your relative. It don't always have to be God. It can be a familiar spirit. I'll give you um, something in my life that happened to me. I didn't get to know my mother because I believe I was three when she died, two or three. I I don't know. But when she died, I didn't um, really know, know her. So as I got older, the Lord was letting me know about the call that was on my life. The first dream I had about her, um, when I seen her in the dream, you know, the Lord... uh, We conversated. It was a peaceful dream. I had no fear in that dream. The second dream I had about her, she was on a pulpit. She was dressed in black. She come off the pulpit and she grabbed my arm and she said, you got to go with me. And I snatched back and I said, I'm not going nowhere with you until God finished doing what he needed to do in my life. That was a familiar spirit. See, if you don't know the difference when people come to you in dreams, then you open a door to darkness. If somebody come to you in a dream and say, you're going to die by this time next year, you bind that when you get up and say, no, I shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. The familiar spirit know your weakness. If you have a weakness where you have a fear of death or a fear of sickness, he's going to send stuff in your dreams to make you think that your life is getting ready to end. Your life ends on what you accept. There was this minister who had a best friend and this best friend came to him and he said, I need to tell you something. The Lord showed me something about your wife. And he said, what did the Lord show you? He said, the Lord showed me that your wife is going to die. He said, no, she's not. He said, my wife is not going to die. My wife is going to live. He said, well, this time next year, your wife is going to die. He said, no, she's not. My wife is not going to die. She's going to live. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And he looked at him. He said, then maybe it's your wife you were dreaming of that's going to die. You saying my wife, maybe it's your wife that you're dreaming of. This This is how the familiar spirit does. He rebuked it off of his wife. The Bible said when you dig a ditch for someone else, for, for someone else, you end up falling in that ditch. That year his wife died, the other man's wife died. You better know what you're receiving that's of God, that's not of God. When you have dreams about people and those dreams brings death instead of bringing life, you better ask the Lord God, Lord, is this dream from you? Before you go speak it, oh Lord, I saw, I saw so-and-so, they're going to die, they're going to die. How do I tell them they're going to die? You don't do that. And if they tell you, say, oh, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. The enemy know your weakness. He'll use close people to you to speak death on you, even your husband or your wife. When you lay down at night, when you be worrying about certain things and you don't clear your head with the word of God, whatever you lay down with is what you're going to dream about. And then you're going to get up believing it and you're going to have fear. 
So when people come to you in dreams, you better know what's of God and what is not of God. When you hear somebody calling you in the house and ain't nobody in that house but you, don't say, yes, Lord, your servant here. Get out of here. What you doing in my house? I'll say this. And now I know. God shared this with me. Um, Daddy, do you and Shirley remember that brown dog that was coming around all the time? Familiar spirits inhabit animals. I never knew. I saw Granddaddy do this one day at this brown dog. <laughs> Get away from here. I know who you are. I'm like, he's a dog. That's what he is. But I'm listening at my granddaddy said this. I'm like, what's wrong with him? That's just a dog. He knew what was in that dog. How often do y'all see that dog? I'm telling you. You better know that you know according to the word and quit conjuring spells up. Quit conjuring up what you believe and going to people that you think that can tell you something. And those people could have familiar spirits. One person went to a person when something was going on in their life. You know what they told them? Throw some salt out. I said, what you throwing salt out for? They told me if I throw salt out, I said, that's a lie from the pit of hell. I'd do anything, girl. I said, you don't have to do that. Let me get back to Saul because the Holy Spirit is reminding me of Saul. Saul was in a war. He was afraid. So Saul wanted to go to that familiar spirit because he didn't want to die. He was so afraid of what would happen. He opened the door to a familiar spirit. When we get afraid and we feel like we can't hear from the Lord, we got some Saul's up in here. You trust in and everybody as long as they're telling you what you want to hear. You ain't going to go to the one that's going to tell you truth. You're going to go to the one that's telling you it's okay to have that man and he married. Well, if he don't want his wife, if the Lord might be telling you that you his wife and he shouldn't have married the other. Familiar spirit, shut up. See, there was a woman that wanted this, this preacher and she went and said that she was praying that the preacher's wife die. Because that's supposed to be her husband. She was told that was her husband in a dream. That's a familiar spirit. You wishing death on somebody to get that man. How many of y'all done that? You mad because somebody with somebody else and they're not with you. So you hoping that person die before they time. That's not God. So know what the word of God is saying. Before you speak something See if it lined up with the word of God because you could be speaking witchcraft over that house. Don't go run and tell dreams that you don't have no revelation on thinking that's God speaking to you. It could be a familiar spirit and you putting death in people's houses. So you got to know when God is speaking, I'll tell you this. If you're not spending enough time in the word of God to know what the word is saying, keep your mouth shut when you're dreaming stuff that's outside of the will and plan of God. Know what God is saying. We have to know these days and times because our world is full of violence. It's full of evil. And we, not, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, y'all. We're wrestling against what? Principalities. 
We're wrestling against uh, powers of darkness, powers of wickedness in high places. That's what we wrestle against. So you have the help of the Holy Spirit to ask him, Holy Spirit, what am I dealing with? Show me how to get through this. And he will. And he's only going to give you truth. He's only going to give you what the word of God is saying. Churches need this now. We can't keep coming into churches, listening to the choir. Yes, it's supposed to be good from the beginning to the end, from Sunday school to praise and worship to the end, getting the word of God. But you need to know what you're listening to. Some people are hyping you up just to get attention, but they got a mask on. They got a mask on behind the pulpit. So you better know who you up under and you better know what you getting. You want to be up under people that's going to teach you spiritual warfare. You want to be up under people that's going to get to the root of what's going on in your life. Anybody can just give you the word and you can take the word home. But when you really don't know the word, it's not helping you. You got to have revelation, illumination. That word has to be revealed to you. People get mad when true people step up and say, you know, you need to deal with that spirit of anger. I ain't got no anger. Yes, you do. In the name of Jesus, I speak to that spirit. I do not speak to you. Come out in Jesus' name. Some people are so used to what they have, they don't recognize it. But someone that's walking in the spirit will see what's in you. And they'll help to get it out of you, even though that person hurts that person. So I pray that through what we're teaching on on familiar spirits is helping people to recognize what you're fighting. And once you know what you're fighting, only thing you use is the word. The word is the only thing that's going to keep you. And you want to stay close to people that encourage you in the things of God. Not people that's going to knock you down and make you feel condemned. God is not about condemnation. We all, everybody in this room have areas in your lives that you're dealing with. And the only way we can deal with it is through the word of God. The word is the only thing that's going to keep us this day in time. Man don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If you are always offended, there's a spirit behind that. If nobody can never come up to you and tell you something, then there's a spirit behind that. Go back to your generation and see who was in your generation that bowed up all the time you went to them. Lord have mercy. I, I break that curse in Jesus' name. It can't stay here. So I thank God for the teaching and I pray that you got something out of this teaching today. Amen. Is there anybody in here today that who want to come up and say how this teaching have enlightened them and helped them dealing with a familiar spirit. Everybody's good. Well, praise God. You can come up. Good morning, good evening. Um, my name is John Robinson. Um, I talk, I've been talking. Okay. And the reason why I started listening to her on Sunday morning, her broadcast on Sunday morning, is like I was led to start listening. And 
my family, part of them had to be wheeled out because of, uh, I guess, our grand great-grandkids making some noise. But once I started listening to you on those Sunday morning, those little short clips, I got enough out of it knowing where I, what I'm dealing with. And my family and I, we're going through some difficult times now. And I had a friend of mine call me this morning tell me that I need to get up here. And remember I had texted you about my granddaughter? Mm -hmm. That was her. And we are going through some stuff. And I, be, I know it's a spirit behind it, a demon spirit. Um, I come up here. I brought my whole family that we want prayer and deliverance. And while you were preaching this a while ago, some of the things you were saying as I came up in my life, I even spoke some of those same things. So, and I knew you were a woman of God. I believe that. And so that's the reason why I'm here. The times I've been listening to you on, on the short clips on Sunday morning, Last week, I looked at your whole service. It like my eye just got open. That should deal with the familiar spirits. Amen. And so I thank God for you, for using you like that. Amen. Yes. Amen. We give God glory. You can just set it right there. God is good because he knows exactly what we need. Amen. Amen. So we give God glory. Don't take the word lightly. Because all of us go through something that has patterns in it. And if you know what that pattern is, that, that can be broken when you know what Jesus has already done. Y'all, this world is in a mess. Man cannot save this world. No matter what they try to do, I don't care how much intelligence they have, how much worldly wisdom they have. The world has already been saved through Jesus Christ. But we as the people of God have to go out and give them the good news of what he has already done. Things are happening in the world, the killings and all of this is spirits behind it. These spirits are in areas. If you look at Chicago, look at all the killings in, in Chicago. There's a spirit over there. And I'm pretty sure it's people over there that's praying, that's interceding on their behalf. So we have to stand up for truth. Don't get your mind so intertwined with spirits either. Don't be focused so much on those spirits that you're not focused on who you are now that you're in Christ. If you know who you are now that you're in Christ, the only thing you got to do is speak the word. The word will take care of it. But God is letting you know about them, not to bow down to them or to be always out there in the spirit world. <laughs> but he's letting you know so you can recognize them. So you know how to handle them through the word. And Mr. John, I want to tell you this. Even with what you're dealing with in your family, deliverance has been already available through Jesus Christ. And you're standing and your wife is standing and you're standing on the word of God. But what you got to understand is you can deliver someone 24-7. But once you deliver somebody, the word of God has to come in. See, if, if they don't accept Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior with their whole heart, you know what happens? It'd be seven more that come in and inhabit that house. 
Then they got to deal with seven more that's more stronger than the one that they had. So that's why people need to be taught when it comes to deliverance, when it comes, because it's not just that simple. You still have to stand. In Ephesians, read Ephesians 6. He's saying stand. How many times did he say stand? God has put what you need in you to stand. He has put what you need in you to speak to the spirit that's attacking your family. Oh, I need to tell you this. You're the gatekeeper. I'm going to go over this. Y'all remember in, in John 10, and it's talking about the porter opens and the, and the shepherd come in. The porter is God. He's the one that opened the door for Jesus to come. Y'all don't get it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way that you can go to the Father. So when the Father opened that porter, porter's door, the shepherd come in first. The sheep are behind the shepherd. The sheep ain't going to get there before that shepherd. So you're the gatekeeper. Men, you're the gatekeeper for your family. You're that door that have to stand up and fight for what's right for your family, for your children. If you allow stuff to come in that house. I know this man here, my husband, he fights for what? For his family. He ain't going to let nobody come up against us. Because he's that door. He's the one that keeps us safe in that house. You're the gatekeeper, Mr. John. So when you see these things and you stand up and say, not in here, in the name of Jesus, you go in Jesus' name. And you believe that it's gone. And your wife is joining in with you because you are one. So when you know what the word says and you're getting taught right, you can stand up to it. And you can continue to stand knowing who's in authority in that house. And you're already doing what need to be done. But we will pray over your family today. Amen. So when you know who the gatekeeper is, men, you got to be gatekeepers. Women do not marry a man who can't even keep himself. Oh, Lord, we're going into something else. Some of you women want these men because they're whining you, dining you, and don't even know how to pay a bill. If they put more money in themselves than they put in the bank, they need some help. If they got issues, you're going to have issues. Men, if women got issues, don't marry no Jezebel. Anybody know what Jez is? A controlling woman. Tell you when to put on your socks. Tell you when to take them off. Tell you when to change your underwear. Tell you when not to change. Tell you to shut up and you better shut up. I can't say nothing, Pastor. If I say something, I ain't got nowhere to go. I bind Ahab in the name of Jesus. See, these are things that's not talked about. Every pastor stand up here and marry folk. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. I do, I do. I don't. Once you counsel people for that year, and you're seeing that they're abiding, you've done your part. You told them how to live that life of marriage. But things do come into that marriage. Some people say, you don't need nobody to counsel you. You got the word. I beg you to differ. That's why God put fivefold in the house. Even though you got the word, you still need someone that you can go to, especially one that's going to marry you. It's time out for foolishness, church. 
It's time out for truth. It's time out for these titles. It's time for us to get into the word of God and know that we're sons first. Disciples. Amen, amen. Amen. Is there any more announcements? And I would say, visitors, please stand. But Mr. John has already stood up. Um, Not let your lovely wife have something she needs to say. Kim, could you give her that mic for me? Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.